Give me the green light. Give me just one night. I'm ready to go right now. I'm ready to go right now. I'm ready to go. to episode 80 of the green light podcast 80 episodes of listening to me and ian ramble on about hoops man thanks for uh thanks for coming on the journey um thanks for being here and uh shout out to the hoop heads podcast network because ian and i are getting free manscaped shout out to manscaped uh i don't know what we're getting but we're getting free manscaped they may be a, a, a sponsor of the pod here soon um, so we just wanted to give them a little extra free promo, you know, go to manscaped.com and uh, see if the green light 15 works. It probably won't, but give it a whirl. Um, okay. So <laughs> the next, uh, hope electric intro, electric intro, the next, I'm going to say six, I don't know if this series will go to seven, but what we're going to do is we're just going to follow the next series and we're just going to give breakdowns after each game. Uh, game one was soul crushing for Knicks fans. But before we even get into the game, I just want to say it was pretty awesome to see 15,000 people roughly in Madison Square Garden. Uh, I was quite jealous. I would have paid probably a disgusting amount for a nosebleed ticket. I thought it was pretty funny to see the vaccinated section versus the non-vaccinated section. It was perfectly empty. Everybody had to stay apart from each other versus yeah, no hold bars, like, go for it. Everybody was getting loud. Um, yeah, man, I mean, I know, first of all, it's been since 2013 since the Knicks have been in the playoffs, which is just alarming. But um, I wanted to bring up Haley O'Shaughnessy's tweet. Um, she tweeted uh, last night basically saying she doesn't understand fans when they say their franchise being successful is good for the league um, because, you know, they don't work for the office. Like, why do they care about ratings? Which yeah. I guess from that perspective, yeah, fine. Like, but the Knicks being good is just, I think, like, categorically good. It's just, that's just good for the league. That's like saying the Yankees being bad yeah. is not, like, if the Yankees are good, MLB's happy, so are its fans. I think where she was coming from or where somebody might have responded to me is like, Knicks fans are always going to be there regardless, which is true. That from that point of view is true. And if you can like revamp a otherwise dormant sleeping franchise like the Tampa Bay Bucks past year, right? Pretty much a non thought. Yeah. Until Brady goes there, they win the Super Bowl. Now probably that city's on fire. Right. So I get it. But when the Knicks are good, everything just, seems like elevated you know what i mean i I agree i think the thing that is most interesting to me and it wasn't and i'll apologize to our listeners ahead of time i am battling through allergies right now and i am i sound absolutely brutal but i'm not gonna lebron james this i'm not gonna flop i'm not going and i love lebron james but i'm gonna play through the whistle we're gonna be tough and battle through this uh these allergies crush my voice but the one thing i was gonna say 
about that take is I think a lot of people assume that by saying that, oh, it's better for the league, just means because New York being the biggest market, it's more eyes. I think personally, it's not even about that. I think it's the actual franchise and the fan base around it and just how passionate those fans are that I don't even think it matters. I don't even think people outside of New York truly realize how much New York really is the Knicks. Like in compared to the Nets, compared to the other sport, even other franchises, the biggest surprise to me when I moved to New York was I thought it would be a wide, wide dispersion between Yankees fans and Mets fans. It's a lot closer than people assume. Yankees have more of a national fan base. We made the we made an analogy of, I think, um, Billy O said, Yankees are more like Duke where you have a huge national fan base, but UNC, NC State, once you're here, it's all, there's so many. Mets oh, is, whoa, whoa, whoa. Easy, easy, easy. No, that's 100% true. Don't just sneak in NC State as if we're going to start talking. I, it's UNC. If I walk, Paul, Paul, if I walk to the grocery store, if I walk to the grocery store in in the Triangle, in Durham, Raleigh, Chapel Hill, Let me tell you there something. are there are 80 percent of people they're wearing a shirt. It's either UNC or NC State. Twenty percent Duke. I promise you that. This I mean we'll we'll address this on another pod because this is about the New York. But that's 100% true. And maybe when we have, maybe when we're uh, together, we can have Billy on, we can discuss this, we can have a nice cordial debate. But regardless, in New York, there's a much more even split of Jets, Giants, of Knicks, of Mets, Yankees, Islanders, Rangers, even. The Knicks, it's probably like 90-10. And I think the thing is, it could honestly be higher. And just the passion around it of the entire city, with the fact that the garden being the only venue in Manhattan, everyone going with the, just the allure of it. Um, I'll leave you with this question. I've heard a lot. And what I still is a lot of New York sports talk radio. And I think it's an easy answer. I don't think people realize this. Do you, what you think would be bigger in New York as a living there multiple years growing up around there, Knicks winning a playoff series or the Nets winning a championship right now? It's, you know, regardless of your answer, the fact that that's even a debate yeah. like is, or just that that's even a conversation topic of conversation, I think shows how much weight just the Knicks hold in New York. Yeah. I mean, look, I, I feel like this has actually been beat to death and it's just something now that um, it's almost like fodder, you know, like it's the yeah. Knicks city and we know that. And I also think what hurts Brooklyn a little bit is the fact that they have a, 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 basically a premier league team, you know, they have bought players. Right. And so yeah. it's not as if, uh, you know, this has been eight years in the making and Brooklyn's built this kind of like grassroots team through draft picks and maybe a trade or two, but you know, <clears throat> they went out and, did, that and then they dumped them all. And then soccer. yeah, right. Like they did the soccer route, right. They went and got the players, <laughs> sure. and, and, and big contracts. Um, and they didn't get guys that are likable. Harden is, you hate him or you love him. Durant, same way. Irving leads the way in that category. You either, and honestly, the love is getting less and less. I'm an Irving guy. I will always defend no, him, I, but it, it's getting harder, right? If you had the, the top five most liked players in the NBA on the Nets, you know, maybe it shifts a little bit in terms of like, yeah, that's something that would be important if they won. I just think if the Nets win, they're just going to get even more shit. 
like, no, congrats, like, Durant, you do this again. Like, I'm just saying what people are going to say. Like, cool, yeah. Kyrie, you had to win with LeBron and Durant. Cool, Harden, like, you couldn't, like, Harden, you wasted your whole career. You already had Durant on your team 10 years ago. Why do you, you know, like, what are we doing? So, no, the answer is probably the Knicks, which is sad. That's sad for the Nets. It is. I had this conversation. You talk about likability. I had this conversation this weekend. And it is tough. And like, I don't want to say, I'm not trying, I'm not judging Kyrie. I'm not saying anything like this. I used to love Kyrie, even though he was a Duke guy. I love Kyrie. I thought, um, I, I have his shoes. I thought it was awesome. I won on the Knicks. The more and more that everything that's going on around being away from the lot, I used to hate Kevin Durant because of all the, the, um, the tweeting and the subtweeting and burner account stuff. Now, I've almost seen it like reverse or at least shift towards the other way because I actually kind of love that Kevin Durant is just doubled down. It's like, no, I like being an internet troll. This is me. This is who I am. And like, doesn't hide about it. I really, and, and James Harden, I've gotten actually more respect for because he's been able to fit in and he like to with these guys. Like he's actually being more important passing. He's not being like the selfish prototypical, I guess, what people just assume that he naturally is because of the numbers that he was putting up in Houston. But it is really interesting. You said, because you, we really have three of the top five, top 10, maybe top five players in, in the world. The Knicks, like I'm very interested from a national perspective, the game last night, which absolutely electric factory, unbelievable. I want to see those ratings versus versus the Nets ratings because I think nationwide way more people casual NBA fans will want to watch better talent but in New York and you talk about in the surrounding I get I, the the ratings through the roof have to be for the for the Knicks it's not even close yep 100% um hey hoop heads we all hate ankle sprains and they happen way too often ankle injuries are the number one sports related injury Arise is trying to change that. With the iFast, your athletes get preventative protection and full mobility. Athletes no longer need to wear bulky braces that limit performance and give mediocre protection. Anyone playing sports should be using these products. Keep your athletes in the game. Don't wait for them to get hurt to take action. Visit www.arise.com. Spelled A-R-Y-S-E and use the code HOOPHEADS to get 20% off the future of performance. That's A-R-Y-S-E dot com with promo code HOOPHEADS to get 20% off. All right, let's I mean, go ahead. Let's yeah, go. I mean, right from the jump, I, I'm curious, like, is it what you expected? Noise, surrounding environment, fan-wise, was that what you thought it was going to be? Was it more or was it less? I mean... Um, I think it was actually a little more. Um, I think so too. And this this could be my maybe because I was more locked into this game than I was some of the other playoff games that I've watched so far, including the Flames. Yeah. Um, but I do just feel like, man, that was the first time we watched the game and we could kind of feel the crowd come along as the Knicks went on a run when they were because they got down eleven relatively early in the second quarter. And as they kind of started to chip away, got it down to eight and then five and then two, like, you know, the other teams, the, the Hawks are calling timeouts. Like it, it was like back to normal almost. And it was only half capacity if that, you know, like, well, I, I think that was, I just didn't think they'd be able, I knew it'd be loud. I knew it'd be raucous. I didn't think 
they were going to have as many as I didn't know it was going to be packed in like it was with the vaccines. Yeah. I knew that they were going as far as any NBA team in terms of like, hey, we're going to make, I think it's 90% of these seats, the offerings, vaccinated for vaccine, uh, vaccinated people only. And I think it just felt like, and I think it was interesting with the PGA Championship just happening too with that, all the huge fans. That, that the PGA Championship, the next game was like the first. And I've been to a couple of events now. I've been to, went to a golf tournament and the games. That was though, from watching from the outside, first time really feeling like, okay, we're getting back to some normalcy. And yep. I think by the fact that the Knicks fans have been just wanting this for, I mean, honestly, even 2013, like it's a brief run, but like no one, like, and people talk about that a little bit. Everyone just talks about the 90s Knicks and how electric the 90s series were. And that's what everyone wants to get back to. And it's a shame, obviously, that it didn't work out. And then and getting into the game, I think from the jump, Trey Young, I mean, offensively stud, I mean, across the board, Knicks fans knew that. They gave him an earful from the jump. Julius Randle just never got comfortable. Or trying to get comfortable, and then it was kind of like he's not – he wasn't fully there and was deferring to others. Now, Alec Burks, game of his life probably, honestly. Alec Burks. I mean, the only reason the Knicks didn't lose by 15 points is Alec, Alec Burks. Um, he was automatic. Back to Randall, dude. He goes six for 23, which is obviously horrible. But I just thought he was very passive, to your point. And yes. he just settled, man. And he settled for, again, he settled for the worst shot in basketball, like long contested twos, you know? And a lot of, now, I'm not saying he can't make those because he can and he does. Um, but when you are struggling, it's like, man, you got to get to the rim. Like, can Thibodeau, can we get like an easy play call for him? Can we get him on the block? Yes. Get him on. What are we doing? Um, I don't want to play someone on an island with him and let him work. Like, it just felt like. Even when he was on an island, like he just yeah. wasn't his normal self. He like wasn't getting downhill. Credit to the Hawks. They did a pretty good job on him, man. They yeah. really did kind of like surround him when he drove. And the Knicks, even though they're shooting better from three, they're not a prolific three-point shooting mm-hmm. team by any no. means. So you actually can really sag off and help and still recover in time. Now, is Burks going to average 27 for the series? Probably not. Um, but will R.J. Barrett average, what, he had 14? No, he'll probably get closer to 20, right? So everything will come back down to the median. Um, I just – I don't want to skip to the end. I mean, we'll just go back and forth. But I cannot believe the substitution to take Derrick Rose out. And honestly, I don't care who you put on him at the end. I would have put Derrick Rose out. But to put Frank in, who hasn't – I'm pretty sure he didn't play a minute. He played they did it in the first half. They did it at the end of the first half, and it worked. They brought him in for, like, a play. They got a stop, which I don't know if that, like, set precedence. Yeah, like, I just – like, 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 who cares? No one's even thinking. Man. Trey Young's like, who cares? Like, of a guy like that sitting on the bench stiff. It's not, like uh, Boomer uh, Sison was saying on the radio this morning. It's not like – if you're, like, a pinch hitter, you're getting up, you're getting your legs loose, you're warming up in the back, you're – Maybe if you're in the bullpen, you're throwing pitches like this guy in Grant, he's standing up, he's cheering for his team. But the dude's just sitting there for what, how many minutes straight, doing nothing, probably at some point, like checked out of like thinking, I'm actually going to get into this game, like mentally. And then it's like numbers called one possession, game on the line. You stop one of the best point guards in the league that is 
one of the craftiest, like best playmaking guards we've seen in a while. And it's just like, he, he looked like a mediocre or below way below average defender, which if anything, frankly, looking his strength is his defense, but he looked there, he was moving back and forth and shifting left and right. And let's Trey Young get right to his right hand. Obviously, even if he had cut him off, I think he probably would have found a play, but got to take the ball out of Trey Young's hands there. That's Something. what I'm saying, too. Like, look, I, I understand you don't necessarily want to play, like, the rotation game in a ball screen and, and give it I, – I forget who actually set the screen. Was it um, – who said – I don't know who set the screen. But I, I agree with you saying let's double Trey, right? Like, let's see – I mean, if we can get a steal, great. But at the very least, let's put it in a big's hands. Whoever set the screen, I'm blanking on now. But let's put it in his hands and make someone else make a play. To me, to just let Trey get downhill. Was it John Collins that said it? It might have been. I can't remember. Um, but to, to, for that to be the shot, when everyone knew he wanted to get right to that spot, right there, like, I don't know, man. I, and I and I know, like, in the NBA, we don't help off corners. But at that point, when he's that wide open and the game's on the line, like, don't you just abandon it and just run at him? I don't know. I, I just thought that was such a soul-crushing opening loss to a series, especially with the momentum that the Knicks had. They were playing well towards the end of the season. Like, I don't know, man. I, I uh, It doesn't really bode well, I think, for the rest of the series. One game is one game. The Knicks probably win game two, and then they got to go down to Atlanta. Um, I don't know, man. It's going to be a battle. They don't have yeah. anything for Trey Young. Yeah. To be fair, I'm looking at this right now. One, they did the – like, John Collins Taj goes to double. set it. Yeah. They go to, he goes to set it. Taj Gibson is basically guarding. Running towards him. And, and they go to try and guard him, and Taj is doing his point. But for whatever reason, I mean – Frank just gives up the whole lane. Frank, really, the entire right side. He just guards them like they're both pushing him to the right, which makes absolutely no sense. And you take, you look. Um, let's, I, I believe that's either, yeah, Bullock. Bullock actually steps, which honestly could be a cardinal sand. Leaves ball side. Leaves the leaves Bogdanovich in the corner. Well, he did leave. To a bit, he leaves. He at least that. Yeah, he he did. I don't say fully. He doesn't fully commit. But he's, I mean, I don't know you can see this right now. He gets right, he gets there to him. He gets right there to him. And obviously in that play, I think he was too late to do it. But I will live with a contested Bogdanovich three in that scenario. Yeah. Letting Trey get that look. Now, yeah, 100%. And honestly, Tibbs got him there. And Tibbs is a great defensive coach. Yeah. But I, I think it was partially – Tibbs setting it up that way, but partially just execution on the players. Like that just can't yeah. happen. Yep. And that, and that, that, uh, very well may be the case, right? Like in the huddle, everybody had the plan and then, you know, everyone has a plan until you get punched in the face and try out. There's, I, uh, when they had the ball in nine seconds, I did not feel good because there were so many possessions in this game where Trey Young got easy buckets, easy, easy buckets. And, yeah. And I think that's, what's, um, that's what's tough about the Knicks right now is they do really play very good defense. They just yeah. have a lot of empty possessions, man. And uh, they're, you know, they're overall, we're not just talking about this series, but moving forward, they're just missing a piece or two. Um, that's obvious. I don't know where those are going to come from necessarily. 
Um, and now there's reports that Nerlens Noel may not play in game two because he kind of limped off in the fourth quarter there. It was a weird thing what happened with his foot because he didn't really step on anybody. He was just closing out. Um, but that would be a big loss for them, man. He does. He has a lot of sneaky plays. Does really well. And I think my the second thing, biggest takeaway for me outside of just the way they guard and defended Trey is Knicks bench points compared to their starters. The starters scored 41 points for the Knicks. Um, and the bench players scored 64. Uh, yeah. Uh, 41 and 64 to make 105. So 64, you got 17 from D Rose, 27 from Burks, 10 from Quickly, five from Gibson, five from Toppin. It's like Nerland's got six from Nerland, six from Bullock, 15 from Randall, and 14 from RJ. I, I don't know. Like, I know I RJ think, needs RJ needs like 22 a night. He just needs yeah, it. Because I think I think you, you're gonna have to get more of your starters because you can't, I don't think you cannot count on 64 points from your bench night in, night out. I just I just don't see it. Um where and, and you look at I mean 32 from Trayon Bogdanovich had a great game. Um I was even like John Collins, like I, I was interested to see how like Lou Williams came in what, yep. 13 points in 13 minutes. I mean I mean we her, can't be we can't and I, I think they need to find a do a better job of exposing when RJ like RJ did a great job whenever he got Trey switched on to him, getting to the rim, attacking. They can the Hawks can be exposed, I think, on the wings. Hunter, DeAndre covers it up, but like Herter and Trey, like you can find ways in Bogdanovich to get your impact players uh, in situations where they can get to the rim. Yeah. With those guys on. Yeah. Um, I wanted to go back to the Bogdanovich three that he hit, the little pump fake and uh, the little sidestep three to make it 103 103. I mean, I thought that was the play of the game. I mean, I can't believe that shot went in. Um, extremely tough, uh, extremely difficult shot, and he nailed it. Um, that's a confident dude, man. That's a real confident dude. Okay. You know what I mean? Like, he doesn't back down. Um, and then what did I want to end with? I can't remember. Nerlens and then – oh, old. Um, I mean, listen, I was – I, I don't remember who I was texting the other day. I'm not ready to give up on OB yet. I, these things take time, and you never know where this dude's going to be in, like – I mean, hopefully he gets there, like year six and seven mm -hmm. of his career. But – I, I don't know. Where do you feel? Like, he had some good minutes. I think he hit two shots. He had a three and a two. Um, you know, he only played, like, eight minutes. So Look at the box score right now. I mean, it's interesting because a lot of Knicks fans say at the beginning of the season, yeah, he played 12 minutes, five points. A lot of people did not see they, – they still saw this as a big rebuilding year for the Knicks, that Julius Randle was not going to be a key piece of this team moving forward. And there are people that were even – vouching for it and say hey give Julius less less minutes and let Obi develop and like let this be that this might be a scenario where like Julius Randall has just grown into this superstar player for the Knicks that unless those guys can play together like Obi Thomas is going to get the short end of the stick in terms of minutes and time to develop and he did he got hurt early in the season too which sucks he didn't he hasn't didn't be he wasn't able to um to grow as quickly on the court I think as they wish that he had but by no means am I going to give up or anything like that. I just think yeah. it's a tough situation though. Like if you're going to now decide to build around Julius Randle and then like I said, they're going to, apparently they're going to swing for offenses and free agency and trade market. It's hard to see if you're building a team that's going to be based around Julius Randle with like Mitchell Robinson to five and like you can't play Obi at the three and then RJ at the two. Like it just doesn't work that way. So 
I'm curious just how it fits. I think initially the draft thing, thinking there that he would eventually be a replacement for Julius Randle. Um, but I mean, at this point, Julius Randle, they're going to lock him up to an even longer extension and yeah. keep him there and build uh, other pieces around him. But the one person I do think we, we had this discussion was on his last leg is, is Kevin Knox. There's no yeah, way. It's a wrap, no, Kevin. Not to be, like he didn't play. So like, it's not going to be anything to talk about, but come on, man. It's a wrap, man. It, it, it's crazy how quickly that can happen from rookie year. And he had, a, he had some promising moments, man, some good games. And like, certainly wasn't like an absolute bust in his first 45 games. No. And, uh, and I think the the thing that really ultimately killed it is your boy Zion in summer league, just ripping the ball ripping from it. Because he's always been a guy that I've never thought he had that much self-confidence. No, I could be completely wrong with Knox. But like I always felt like he was like second guessing himself a little more like timid. He wasn't as aggressive as I wanted him to be. And my biggest thing is I cannot see if, and you, you posed this question to me yesterday. It was like, does he get another chance? Does he have to go to Europe? Or I think someone gives him a flyer. But you're on a team where your college top assistant is your assistant. So you've got Kenny Payne there. Worldwide West, who is basically – I don't even remember. He's in the cabinet. Uh, he's in John Calipari's cabinet at Kentucky. He's the staff. He, like, he's with the Knicks. Leon Rose, like you are on like the Nick or the, the UK Knicks essentially or building that way. And you can't get a minute of playing time in the playoffs as a lottery pick not in the recent future. Yeah. Bad. Yeah. Bad. Uh, all right, man. Well, that was a good recap of uh, game one. Um, we are actually going to be together in about 72 hours playing golf and hitting the beach. So we may, uh, maybe we do a, a little Instagram live or a recording, but. Yeah. We're just going to follow the Knicks, Knicks series. Yeah. It's weird. They're doing, is it three days off for the Knicks? Is their next game? Or is they that? They play Wednesday. They play Wednesday night. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so we will. Um, games tonight. But, um, yeah. And we're just going to follow a series basically throughout the entire playoffs. We're just going to pick a series, break it down, talk it through um, each game and, and go from there. But uh, what I'm most interested about is, I think, following and tracking these adjustments that each team's making. Exactly. Like, with Timido, with rotations, with scheming. Um, it's not that something we've really done before. And especially in the college side, you're not getting necessarily these no. like similar matchups. So I think from a basketball kind of strategy, um, X's and O's point of view, it'll be really interesting to see what these guys actually uh, do in a, in a larger sample size across a few. How, hopefully, I mean, honestly, I hope that this game goes, or series goes like six or seven, either, so, either way, um, because it's, it's exciting. I mean, none of, the last thing I'll leave us on is, Thing I was most impressed with last night. It wasn't the cleanest game. It was a fun game to watch. Barely any playoff experience on either of those rosters. Yeah, none. Barely anything. Like zero. Like Gallinari, maybe you could talk from the what box. Is he doing with his hair? Yeah, it's tough. It's real tough. But I mean, outside of that, I mean, it's guys that are kind of just learning on the fly. And I know Madison Square Garden will be back with a vengeance against Trey Young. They're already, for no reason, we're already chanting F Trey Young. Now, like, him saying like you know, got real quiet and got real quiet and give him the call like I, I, do you want that smoke that's that's he, ready. he does i think he does man i think and i think trey is kind of like that all right that's a wrap for episode 80 we will catch you uh in a couple of days for episode 80
one. Deuces. Lately I've been feeling like this what I've been working towards If you ain't trying to be the boss then tell me what you working for Certain doors are closed but now they opening up Celebrating with some shots, maybe poke on a cup Pull, slush, rust, souls up next and I got this Crazy like Britney and the love so toxic Got a wall up, I'm trying to infiltrate a conscious Taking 12 shots like where the cops is, come on